Jetzt bei KFC. 34 Tage, 34 Angebote. Sicher dir jetzt legendäre Rabatte zu EM. Nur in der App und auf kfc.de. KFC. Legendär lecker. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show because it is late, as always. It's not seven, it's five past seven. So everybody who had five past seven in Mixler in the sweepstake, you win. I don't know what you win, but you win something anyway. It's me, Stanford Chidge here from the old Chelsea Fancast. And uh, as ever, I have the lugubrious Mr. Jonathan Kidd, uh, basically sporting his John Lennon look today. <laughs> that's true actually with my Beatles t-shirt and but glasses lugubrious, lugubrious. Yeah. I'm sorry completely wrong wrong adjective really okay I'm just googling yeah. lugubrious what does lugubrious actually mean dull miserable and a little bit of a fart really oh. no I'm not that way no I didn't think I'm that's not, what I'm... lugubrious meant yeah lugubrious is somebody who's a bit like that how about laconic no that's even what laconic no how no. about in suicide I like Insouciant, that's true of me, actually. You pronounced that wrong. But anyway, but yeah, it's... um, yeah. He's such a miserable tar. Who pulled your chain this bloody week, honestly? <laughs> Who have we got on the show tonight, JK? Hang on, hang on. I haven't told you how I feel. I'm not none of those words, actually. I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic. I'm blissful. I'm glowing still because of Wednesday. I am, I am over the moon, up in the clouds. I'm a skyrocket, skyrocket in flight, <laughs> afternoon delight. I'm just absolutely... You know, I'm still basking in the joy of Wednesday. My God, what a fantastic bloody performance that was. We are wonderful. He is a brilliant manager. I'm in love. Look at me. I'm in love. Anyway, enough of that. We have on this show tonight, I mean, you know, um, um, Chelsea Supporters Trust stalwart, um, uh, um, uh, omnipresent, um, all over the place on the web, quick master, um, I, I, there are so many words I could give this man, and uh, he is, of course, the excellent Dan Silva. Good evening, all. Hello, Dan. Uh, like, what, what a hard yeah. act! He, what a hard act he had to follow at the Supporters Trust, and he, he, I can't even remember who did it before. Now he's done such a great job. I literally had nothing to do since September, and then two weeks ago, <laughs> suddenly become as my as my very good friend says. Excellent work, a face for radio. Well, indeed. Uh, we, yeah. Sadly, Dan, this is why we do an audio podcast. Many people say, why do we not do it on YouTube? We know. We're not stupid. So there you go. Uh, who else have we got on, JK? Um, no one else. Oh, no, we do. Somebody's crept in. Oh, look, look. It's the uh, it's the completely London. Sam Incasol, the, mm. the, the brain who doesn't actually support Chelsea. But we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he doesn't support uh, like a Premier League club or anything like that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm being unfair because he's, he's the brain and he has so much to say that we... He supports again, a proper I, team, Dover I, Athletic. I, yeah, yeah Dover I feel Athletic. that I can... But frequently I'll go, no, Sam will say something much more interesting. Than you could oh, say, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, Sam, thank you so much. You could, like say, you could say that Sam has got Dover soul. <laughs> no. Oh, anyway, that's a bit fishy. Oh, it is a bit. Now, listen, I'm sport... What am I sporting tonight, gentlemen? A very nice Chelsea Commodore retro. shirt. Very retro. Yeah. Kevin, I see, I see that I think of Kevin Wilson. Yeah. 
Yeah. If I do that. Yeah, the Tash. Oh, blimey, it's Kevin. Wow. Yeah, Kevin, tell me about that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, actually. Uh, lane. Tell me about like that. you did when we won 4-1. It's more like, four, one. It's more like Dave Mitchell, actually. Dave Mitchell, is. all right, I take that. No, isn't it great? It's my favourite season, and I, 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 uh, I got, got to... I got I received this today and I'm very grateful. Anyway, we should we should shut up because we've got loads to talk about tonight, obviously. And as you know, we're already running late because uh, we just are. Um, but obviously, you know, we're going to have a look at the Chelsea news roundup, which of course is going to be full of uh, talking about the Real Madrid match on Wednesday. What a brilliant, brilliant evening that was! Uh, and then we're going to be looking ahead to Man City versus Chelsea tomorrow. We've got the wonderful David Walker from Better Red Than Red back. Uh, and of course, David uh, came on a few weeks ago when we played City in the Cup. And I jokingly said to him, I said, do you realise you could, could could be back here twice this uh, season? Do you think you'll be able to? And he said, no, 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 that won't happen. And here he is. And we will have him back on for the 28th of uh, May, of course, for, to, to have a look uh, at the Champions League final, which City and Chelsea are both in. And then finally, we are going to have a look at the uh, game tomorrow as well. So lots to talk about. I shall shut up and get on with it. Um, first of all, I mean, really, Sam, it was a just a superb team performance. I, you know, quite often we always tinker around with who might be man of the match. But I, I would like to give every single player the man of the match. I just thought they were brilliant, front to back, back to front, brilliant. Yeah, superb. Um, arguably the best performance I've put in under Tuchel, I think, that one. Um also apart from the the, uh, the first half an hour in the in the first leg against against Madrid, um, I was talking to um, Liam Toomey, who you will well know from the Athletic, been on this podcast quite a few times, um, and we were saying that um, Chelsea looked like a team of players that knew what they were doing, were in, impeccably coached, knew where they needed to be and what time they needed to be there, and just and just had everything, all their tactics and down to the ground. Whereas Madrid have got all these world-class players, especially in that midfield. Um, but they look like a team of individuals at times and, and Chelsea played them off the park. I mean, we all know it should have been 5-0, 6-0, feasibly could have been, I think, by, by full-time. Um, and it's just testament to what Tuchel's done since he's come in. Was it two defeats in 24 games? He's just got them all singing from the same hymn sheet, playing his own tune. Uh, and especially at home, they just look completely impenetrable at home at the moment. They just, they just don't know like they're going to lose any games. Um, but yeah, it certainly wasn't expected. I don't think when Tuchel arrived, there was no there was no expectation on him reaching the Champions League final. But it's just testament to the job he's done. He's just been absolutely brilliant um, since he came in. Quick, quick and also show, and, and showed the elite level coach that he is as well. Yeah, totally. Quick follow up question, really. You know, very much for you, Sam, as, as a member of the media. Do you think we get enough praise and respect in the media? Because I mean, I watched that and I and I just thought this is just. Up, you know, Real Madrid are no idiots, and we made them look ordinary. But I sometimes think that we don't quite get enough praise and respect as a football club, certainly in the media. I mean, perhaps um, there's, there's there's perhaps the whole Tuchel. Our Tuchel's not been there very long. It's the new manager bounce, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think when you watch them regularly, as we do, and as much as I do as well, um, you see things differently. And I think people are they are now starting to co- starting to cotton on to just how incredible a job he's doing uh, and taking Chelsea from where they were under Lampard was a 10th when he came in to, to fourth now in the, the six point cushion and, and into the Champions League final into an FA Cup final lost twice in 24 games they are starting to take notice Tuchel with PSG was expected to win trophies and and, and when if, if you're a PSG manager you expect to walk the league and walk the league cup and FA Cup equivalent um, but now he's come in and he's doing it again in the Premier League 
Uh, sorry, not doing it again. He's doing it in the Premier League. And I think now, especially after after Wednesday night, people are starting to stand up and, and, and take notice that Chelsea next season are going to be a serious, serious problem for many, many teams at the top end of the table next season. Yeah, I think you're right. I think what's interesting is that, you know, City have been the benchmark for the last few years and, and here but we are. Tuchel's been saying that for the last couple yeah. of weeks. He's saying oh. City are the benchmark and he's beaten them once already. Exactly. And, he, and he's right. And here we are duking it out with them. And I think we'll be duking it out with them next season in the, in the league, as you said. JK, um, just a slight change of tack, but by all means, come in with, with what... I was just disappointed by the way it changed when Liverpool were beaten by them, by yeah. um, what a great team Madrid are, and that you can't um, prevent them from showing their true colours and credentials as being a great European side, to when we beat them, they're ageing, yeah. and they're all yeah. over 30, and they're not good enough. And yeah. I was a bit disappointed in that, that aspect of the media reaction. No, totally right. What, what I was going to ask you, and I, I, I totally agree with that, that's kind of the point I was making actually as well. So here's another question, slight tangent really, for all of the wonderful praise that Tuchel is due, uh, and then some, and I mean a few weeks ago, if you remember, I said I, he's reminded me already of peak Mourinho and, and, and Conte, I think he, he's up there already. He's got to win some stuff, obviously. Um, otherwise, he'll be no better than Avram Grant, as we said on Monday. But in all seriousness, other than Tuchel, I mean, how much credit do you think Frank Lampard is due for this as well? It's a very difficult question, because if you remember when we lost to Leicester, where we were abject and they got out of, uh, didn't get out of second gear, he actually said the team wasn't ready yet. And this is the same bunch of players. Who are very so, ready. They're ever ready. Yeah, yeah, they're battery-like. So I'm, I'm. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one now because you could actually say someone in the board noticed that felt that the the this team was well. You wonder whether somebody in the board thought we just need a change and they fluked on Tuchel because he was available, or whether Tuchel was been, nah. you know, in the in the pipeline for some has. time. I think he has, which yeah. I think he had been, and they just wanted him. But um, uh, I mean, Frank just, you know, ultimately Frank just wasn't ready for this. And uh, and, and I think as we've established, um, was possibly just a, a stand-in who could deal with the... Uh, but, he, but he did bring Mason Mount and James through. No, no, one must one must commend these, absolutely. But Look how Mount did. did. But it, and fanta- absolutely, brilliant. But but uh, the, the difference between um, having an elite manager managing the same bunch of players and making the same bunch of players that we had discarded as fans and supposedly quite discerning fans um or we discarded all of them and saying they all deserve to be transferred <laughs> and he has made them into we're not um, fickle at all we're not, oh. uh, and the slightest <laughs> you know particularly Jorginho Jorginho who was completely phenomenal during the week so you know I, I'm I love the transformation but at the same time I'm feel I feel disappointed for Frank because he will be judged on that comparison where you know, he, he wasn't experienced enough. He did some wonderful things. And and for a period, when I said, we'll win the Champions League, if you remember, I actually said that, but that was under Frank. Yeah, uh, I thought, I wondered when that reminder was going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. I said that, Sam. I said that, Dan. I did say that. But I said that when we were, when we were, when Abraham was playing up front and we were sort of doing quite well, and then it all disintegrated. But Then no, you said I, we were going to get relegated. No, I didn't say that after that. No, I didn't. I didn't go from one to the other. I didn't. But no, I, I, it's, a, it's a moot point, isn't it? You could say that he was completely out of his depth in the end or he was for a period he wasn't. But the very fact that this man has made the same bunch of players into this phenomenal, phenomenal outfit 
is um, huge testament to his abilities. Mm. And, and my fear is that the uh, as long as the board don't go, no, 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 we're not buying you anybody because um, you're doing all right with this lot, and so we, so nothing happens. I'm not convinced that will happen. No. But, but that's uh, but no, that, that's you know all all praise to Frank for setting it up absolutely. But at the same time, the the, the players that we had decided weren't good enough and needed to be transferred several of whom are now playing out of their skins. Mm. Rudiger is an example. I mean, my goodness me, what a performer. There's, there's no doubt, and I agree with you, JK, you know, and we, 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 we you know, the, the beautiful thing is we can all go back to the various podcasts when we said these things and be proven that we did actually say them. And I mean, you know, if Tuchel getting a tune out of the likes of Jorginho and Rudiger and other players that we, we, we felt had, you know, lit past their sell by day is, is testament to what a great manager he is. But Dan... Dave, Dave. Well, Aspie, yeah, indeed. I mean, the thing is, though, Dan, I, I do think Frank deserves an awful lot of credit, not just for, for James and Mason Mount, but actually, you know, he did get us into the Champions League uh, last season uh, in a very difficult circumstance, and he did actually get us into the knockout rounds, uh, you know, when he was manager up until up until February so or January. So, you know, I think I think, you know, some credit is due to Frank, actually. Yeah, you definitely can't airbrush him out of the last sort of you know four or five months. I mean, last you know, exceed the expectations last year by coming fourth. You know, up until that little, I think Frank's issue was he. This was his first major blip in December, and he couldn't get out of it. It's almost like he went into tailspin as a manager, and because he's so inexperienced, he just he didn't know where to turn. He just you know gradually got worse and worse and worse. But you know, I remember the, the, when we won in Munich, the commentary. When we go up, they say, you know, you can't airbrush AVB out of, you know, Chelsea's... Oh, yes, you can. No, let me finish. But the whole point <laughs> is, he, 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 Frank, Frank has laid the foundations for this this team in terms of integrating man, who's now just incredible. What, what a player. I mean, Reese James, Tammy, to a lesser extent. I mean, you know, he's the one who saw Mason Mount at Derby, put him with this Chelsea team. Now, he's, Mount's arguably undroppable. Yeah. What a player! I mean, he's just incredible. He's just such a nice, humble, brilliant person to have in the team. And that second goal, you saw, because you, you hear him, the commentary from an angle, and he's going, "Chris, Chris, 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 cross it, mm. bang, two 0 yeah. I think, listen, Frank, Frank could always be, you know, his managerial legacy, not great, but he's, like, you know, he's laid the foundations for us. I think yeah, definitely has. All right, let's talk a little bit about some some performances. I think that really st- stood out. I mean, I've got some some stats to back it out, but I think the first thing, Sam, is is Kante. I mean, don't forget, it was his two interceptions that really created the assist for both goals. That run he made uh, with the shot that actually, rather than rather than he missed, I would say was actually defended really, really well. But, you know, he ran the whole length of the pitch in the 75th minute or whatever it was. This man's on a fast. He's on, he's on Ramadan at the moment. I mean, if you couldn't have any more love for Kante... I mean, it's just impossible. What a guy. But uh, him aside, I mean, Edward Mendy, who I thought, again, kept us in it, actually. He's kept eight clean sheets and 11 UA for Champions League matches, and that's the most in a single campaign by a goalkeeper for an English side in the competition's history. That's even better than Czech. Jorginho made more interceptions than any other player against Real Madrid. He also made the the, the joint most beloved of Tuchel ball recoveries. And he won 100% of his aerial duels. And he, he did a brilliant tackle. I can't remember. I think it was on Benzema. It was on, it was on, it was on Benzema, yeah, yeah in the mid, midway through the second half. Yeah, was there a counter-attacking, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if I, if I had to single anybody out, and again, Pulisic comes on and, and just ran them ragged for the time he was on and created the second goal, absolutely brilliant. 
But for me, Kai Havertz, as, as I'm going to quote Henry Winter here, he says, Kai Havertz, outstanding, surely man of the match, just bullied Sergio Ramos to surrender the ball, neat touches and elusive movements throughout, hit the bar twice, tireless, intelligent performance, vindicating Tuchel's faith. And I would add to that, Henry, a wonderful bit of shithousery when he did the old uh, three-card trick of pretending he was going to give the ball away to the Germans and then kind of in one movement kicked it away from them. Legendary. Um, I mean, there were some stellar performances all night, but I mean, those three perhaps do stand out, plus Kanto, of course. Yeah, I, I, going back to Jorginho briefly, also remember he was booked in the 10th minute. Um, so he, play, he played for 80 minutes with a, with a yellow card on his back as well. Um, Havertz, yeah, he was great. For me, that was, a, that was a statement performance from him. We've seen it in fits and spurts uh, since Tuchel arrived. There's a, was it those two goals he scored against Everton, uh, and then he kind of went a bit quiet and was dropped out and, and was, uh, was was on the bench for a couple of games. But it was showing the faith on Wednesday night came in and turned in a masterful performance. The audaciousness to try that chip in the lead up to uh, Werner's goal, which obviously which even he wouldn't miss, was um, was was brilliant. You I think with a season under his belt. Next season, Kai Havertz is 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 going to be one. He's, he's one to watch. Well, we knew that he was one to watch already, but I think next season is going to be a real a real statement season for him. Yeah, Jorginho was excellent. Rudiger, the man of the mask, brilliant, continuing his rejuvenation. Andreas Christensen alongside him as well was good. Um, Christensen's just his his level of improvement since Tuchel arrived has been phenomenal. I think Christensen um, he just looks so calm and composed. Maybe having Thiago Silva alongside him has helped as well. Shout out to him as well for his performance um, on Wednesday because he was a, he was a rock. He showed his that he's still a world class centre back at the age of what is he thirty six. Um, it was just great performances throughout. I mean, yeah, you might need that to beat Real Madrid, but they all but they all showed up and they all stood up and were counted, which is what Tuchel asked of them pre match was just to take the ball by the horns and and yeah they were they, well I'm running out of superlatives <laughs> brilliant Dan <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, the journalist running out of superlatives yeah. Yeah, the thing about shit housing was um, Christensen going through Hazard very early on and then yeah. when did you really go but kind of like you know yeah. bit of like right, kick his ankle kick his ankle that was I'd love to see that I just thought to a man we were absolutely fantastic um, the two saves by Mendy game changing I think second half Harvey was expecting an Iniesta moment, but then I thought, you know what? They're not laying a glove on us no. at all. No. And I just, it was, the chances were coming and coming and coming. And I, I didn't really feel any any worry at all that second half. I just thought they were so insipid, so poor. Mm-hmm. Testament to the team performance and to Tuchel's instructions. It was absolutely a brilliant performance. One of the best European performances I think we've ever put in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you could do do that though, Dan. My butterflies were shitting them. Oh no, no, I did, I did. I had, I had the nerves. I was expecting the Iniesta moment, the last minute. And they were even. Oh, no, I agree. Well. I felt, I thought Ben Benzema was going to score just. Yeah, for, no but fans. I just, but they, they didn't leave a glove on us though. No, they, they didn't. I mean, no, no, I but you look back on it, it's almost worth looking, it's like looking at a movie where you have it worked out at the end and you watch it again. You say, oh, I didn't realise that. If you watched it back, you'd probably go, God, there was no chance of them scoring, was there? We were so in control. Yeah. And yet just... at the time, being a Chelsea fan, you just go, I don't think yeah, they're going to score. Yeah. I mean, I was... lucky, lucky. Oh, my God, we've missed another one. Oh, my God, I can't but that, believe that's it. That's true, though, JK. I mean, I was, I was, I was getting very tetchy as Sarah commented later when she, cause she was working or upstairs and she could hear me swearing a lot. Yeah, and she yeah. said, I can tell what's happening in a match by the noises that I hear. <laughs> and and, and I, I was getting very, very worried about the fact that we were missing so many chances oh, because oh. you, we know what happens if you don't take your chances. A horrible snidey team like Madrid will go and nick it. 
And I was petrified that that was going to happen. Sorry, Dan, I've been rabbiting. You that's right. I was going to say, yeah, because that's exactly what the contents are saying. It was like they're desperate for them. But they were desperate score. for that, though, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, but what, my main point actually was, I, I thought Timo Werner had a brilliant game. Some of his running and so on, he was just absolutely, I thought he had a fantastic game. I, I think I that was his best performance yeah. since he was putting him in last season, actually. At the beginning yeah. of the season, I should say. Beginning I thought he was just, I thought he was running off the ball. Yeah, the ball he, he had a determination about him. He I just, just thought he, missed, yeah. Yeah. and he was quite funny after he goes, yeah, I was waiting for the ball to come down for like two hours. I did think that he timed the, the jump wrongly at the he time. Did. I thought, oh my yeah. God, completely got it wrong. Oh no, it's going to go over the bar. Oh no, it's in. Then I yeah. thought he'd be offside. He thought he was offside as well because he looked across, didn't he, to the line at the time. Well, he was behind the ball when Cut went no, out. Of course he was. Shot. Yeah, he, I think he yeah. just, you know, thinks his, his fate is to I be just think, you know, you look at his, outside, you know. I know it's a slight digression, but you look at his numbers, yes, he's missed some chances, but overall he's he, he's he's had a good season. Well, no, you can see year. why he's being selected. But then, of yeah. course, Pulisic came on and Pulisic was completely brilliant. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He put, the amount of things Backside, yeah, absolutely left him on his backside, but and then just paused perfectly for that pass for Mount to come in. Brilliant, yeah. Brilliant goal. yeah. It's the composure he showed in the he showed it across two games, well, didn't he? he showed the composure in the first leg as well to score yeah. the goal, and then that's and yeah. then for, to, to set up the second goal. Sorry, Dan, I can't cross you there. You're about no, to talk. Sorry, sorry. Don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, no, I just, I just, guess I just think it was just you know, too, too cool admitting that it's hard choices and it was unfair on Christian. I think the whole way Tickle's handling all the personalities and stuff is just brilliant because yeah. you know, I just, I just think I'm. Really excited the, about. The, he's got it completely right, though, didn't he? Sorry, yeah. Jude. He's got it completely right because Havertz was outstanding. Uh, oh, was, I mean, this is, you know, you suddenly thought, ah, oh, right, this is the same player as I've watched in the Bundesliga. I get it. And him working with Werner together, you thought, right, we've got the two German yeah. internationals playing together at the same time. But he was brilliant. And then when Werner goes off, you've got absolutely top-notch Pulisic coming on, who absolutely tore them ragged. It yeah. was. It was just joyous. And, and joyous. The good thing about, about Havertz is he's, he's not afraid of a battle because when he, someone pushed him down, you can see he was trying to kick some of yeah. the bollocks as well. Yeah. So he's obviously got yeah. a bit of an edge to him as well. Yeah. I just, just think we're just very excited about the next few games. Well, so, I, I think the point the point is, and this is a good thing to underline, is actually what a good man-manager Tuchel is. And it seems to me that they've all utterly bought into him. And I mean, well, you, yeah. know, you get these snippets from the media and I think Pulisic was quoted as sounding unhappy, but... You you just see them. I mean, oh, Sam Sam was there. You were there, weren't you, Sam? And they are all very much as one, and they are all delighting in each other's success. And I think that is the mark of a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Hang on, Dan. No, no, hang on, Dan. Let me let me ask uh, Sam the question and let him answer it. Oh no, yeah, it was just going to agree with your point that yeah, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, that they that they all seem to be enjoying themselves. Even just looking at um, during the game, obviously, I'm very fortunate to be there, and you can see him very close to the action. You can see the way that they're encouraging the substitutes are encouraging from the sidelines. Tammy Abraham wouldn't shut up throughout the game, especially to Timo Werner, and especially after he um, his goal that was ruled out for offside as well. There's a real camaraderie there, I think, and Tuchel often talks about it. The bond that he wanted to create is the first thing he said when he arrived. The bond he wants to create in the squad, and he's clearly done it. Um, and yeah, the, well, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I was just saying, my favourite moment was when uh, Reese James, Mason Mount, and Tammy all had a massive hug off the match. Yeah, that was just a fantastic yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah but then is. of course, then of course, they all had um, Hazard, which was uh, uh, the consequence. Of course, was the meltdown in the Spanish press. Brilliant, yeah, loved it. Loved, I loved every minute of that because that sums Hazard up. Right, I'm going to change tack a bit now. I mean, apart from saying just to underline how good Tuchel is, this this has been doing the rounds. But in the four months he spent at Chelsea, he's now beaten Zinedine Zidane. 
Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Diego Simeone twice, Jose Mourinho and Carlo Ancelotti. And he's only conceded, I think, one goal in those eight matches. He is some manager. Now, I spoke to Ben McFadden, who, as I said to you boys a minute ago, who's the um, he's the kind of chairman of the Borussia Dortmund London fan club. And uh, he's always messaging me saying, what are you thinking of Tuchel? What are you thinking of Tuchel? You know, but he said that he's got a very long fuse. But the impression is that he doesn't suffer fools. So it'll be very interesting to see how the relationship with the club uh, continues, or particularly the board. But, I mean, right now, we need to do everything we can to keep hold of this guy. Because I have to say, you know, I, the, the, I, I mean, you know, I said it before. It reminds me of peak Mourinho when he came into the club and the way he completely transformed it so quickly. And Conte, you know, um, Dan and I were, were, were at the match. We, I remember we were absolutely battered before it, Dan, weren't we? At the, at the Emirates when we lost 3-0. And then Conte turned it around really quickly. And I think Tuchel is up there already with those guys. Anyway, I'm going to move on because the biggest news, Sam, this week, of course, normally, you know, we'd all have been there on, on Wednesday and we'd have all have been very, well, I would have been very pissed. And then the next thing we would have done is we would have been getting on to see if we can get a flight to Istanbul, get checking our loyalty points. Can we get a ticket? This is what European finals are all about. I was trying to explain, would you believe, to my therapist about this yesterday, about how wonderful that experience is, that that bond that we have, and we, it's like it's like going to war with an army. You know, it, it's an experience, it's an adventure. There will be there are tales to tell as a result of this. There will be no tales to tell at the moment. Because I cannot see how any bloody fans can go to Istanbul. Now, I understand, and Sam will be on top of this, because I think he'd be meeting with the people that matter in this, and he'll tell me this in a minute. But uh, Turkey's been put on the red list. So if we want... I don't think we can... We, I don't think it's actually illegal to go there. Why don't you just... Why don't I shut up and you tell me about it, Sam? There we go. The, the situation is, is that government are saying, don't go. Uh, and that is for fans as for um if you're, if you're going out for business and if you're an elite sports person so footballers can't go and well you can go but you have to quarantine for 10 days when you get back um they're advising against any all but essential travel to to turkey they had 22,000 coronavirus in new infections in the last 24 hours they're currently on lockdown they have been for a week they're supposed to be lifting that on the 17th of may um that's highly unlikely to happen now. Um, but yeah, the, the, as it stands, um, the, the, the game, well, the game's still going ahead there as it stands, but give it a few more days and I'll be incredibly surprised if it's not moved. Um, do, do because, you, sorry, sorry, Sam. Do you well, really think it's going to be moved? I do. Why? I do, I do, I do, I do think it's going to be moved. Um, it, it's going to be a logistical nightmare for them to do it. Um, but I think with, with Turkey perhaps not quite getting on top of their, their, their COVID um recovery as as was hoped i can't see them playing it there behind closed doors because the clubs will players have to quarantine for 10 days when they come back i think england have got some um warm-up games for euro 2020 pretty soon after the champions league final as well so it, it all just points to being a complete nightmare um as is moving the as is moving the game to be honest to another country so and i know that um the fa have approached uefa to say that they'd be happy to have it here uh, in england if they can um, but the decision ultimately lies with UEFA and what they want to do with it. So it's a really tough situation. I mean, logist uh, logically, you'd have it in England, wouldn't you, with two English teams in the in, in the final? It makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, ultimately, the ball is in UEFA's court as to what they do. Do they push the 
of the hosting back another year. So it'll be Turkey next year. And then I think it's in St. Petersburg the year after in Russia. Um, uh, and did, uh, did they perhaps play it somewhere like they did last year in Portugal, which is on the green list at the moment for travel for England. So, um, but then again, it's not necessarily for um, the right to come back, but it's going in to, to, to the countries from England, which is causing causing all the eruptions. So yeah, it's a really tough situation and they've only got, what is it? 20, 23 days to get it sorted out. So not a long, not a long time at all. Um, my, my suspicion is that it will get moved at some point and, but it will probably be a very late call. Mm, well, I certainly hope so. I mean, one of the things chaps that we've been, I mean, Dan and I were talking about this last night at the, at the trust board meeting, but you know, uh, we're in the FA Cup final. We, uh, we're talking about, I mean, there are tickets available for that. It seems to be a right old rigmarole, uh, I certainly don't have enough blood. I can't believe this, Dan. I WhatsApped you all yesterday. Didn't I? How yeah. did I? Well, I, I figured out actually how I've got the lowest amount of loyalty points a loyal fan can ever get. It's because when I, I'm you busy. No, no, I get busy. Forget to apply for the random tickets. And I get on the phone to Dan saying, Dan, Dan, can you sort me out, mate? And of course, because he's a lovely, beautiful person, he does. And I don't get any loyalty points. Not that I'm blaming you, Dan. No, no. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm into third phase for the Leicester home match on Monday. So I've got to go at two o'clock and hopefully I get one. You're going to, you're going to go to the Leicester match. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I can, I will. Yeah. I'm going to try so. actually, you know, I think, because you've got, we've got to do it, haven't we? But I mean, let's get yeah. back to the East ball match. I mean, you know, to, to say that this podcast in, in some ways was defined by Munich and what happened out there when we all went out and all the stories we had to tell would not be an understatement. And in fact, the first show we did was almost around the same time. So we kind of, we did it after the first leg of the semi-final against uh, Liverpool. And then uh, we the first show was like the, a few days before the second leg. And then Stu, who was on the second podcast with us, you know, he went out to Moscow. So this show has got a real, you know, it's very much been about that. And the thought that none of us could go to a Champions League final, which is at the absolute summit of what 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 we want as supporters, would be beyond tragic, in my opinion. J.K. Well, I mean, part of me just goes, well, it's sort of tough, isn't it? We're in the middle of a pande- pandemic, so uh, um, I don't think we're beyond tragic. I think it's just an unbelievable shame. Um, but uh, uh, if it's saving lives. Um, or, I mean, I, my fear is that that um, Turkey will then somehow allow people to watch it within the ground, and uh, and they'll just pass the the uh, the whole um, pass microbes to each other um, nonstop. It's a, it's it's a. I mean, I'm sort of resigned. I'm resigned to not attending. I, I know it's 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 what we should be doing, given the uh, what we'd all love to do, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm within. I, uh, I'd like to sneak in, but I'm not convinced that some people will not. <clears throat> some people won't catch it and die as a consequence. Even if two people catch it as a consequence of going, that's too too many for yeah, me. No, no, I get that. I get that, and that's 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 a very salient point. Dan, you're about to to you have the final word. Well, you you just, have the word. Quick, give Sam the final word on it. Yeah, just I think JK about it's it's, it's about Turkey. Let's still it's still there's still ten days coming back into the UK into quarantine. So I just don't think UEFA 
can do this. It's just it's reckless if they do it. Yeah, you they, know, regardless, they, absolutely reckless. They owe us too because you know the fans who this is really all about are the ones that got together that really scotched the stupid venal ESL plan, yeah. which effectively rescued UEFA. They owe us, Sam, don't they? They need to do the, do the right thing. Or we'll, burn, yeah, or we'll, we'll burn. We'll burn their offices down, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perhaps. Um, I mean, you look, you're looking at somewhere like Wembley would, could host it, but then again, the Championship playoff finals uh, scheduled for the 29th as well on the same day. Cardiff. Where else could you bet? Yeah, Cardiff. I think I think Cardiff's a great shout. Um, I listen to a lot of people saying Spurs, but that would be hilarious to, oh, if Chelsea went and won it so in their backyard, wouldn't it? Oh. It would. It would. But after the whole ESL debacle, would would they do that? Arguably not. There's also Hampden Park, potentially in Glasgow as well. Um, Villa, yeah. Villa, Park. Villa, yeah. UEFA do have some sort of stipulations in terms of where they host Champions League finals. I don't, in terms think, of don't think Villa's not big enough. I'm not, think, I'm not sure if it is or if it will have the facilities that they require. Uh, but then again, they haven't, they haven't updated their list since, since 2007. I did some research on it earlier, so who knows? I think but you I think, have to yeah, be over 60,000, don't you, nowadays? I think, I think yes, yeah, so 50 or 60,000. You've got to have, I think, something like 20 metres squared dressing rooms for the referees and things like that. So um, there's, a whole, there's a whole load of stipulations that you need to follow. But yeah, Cardiff, I reckon, is a, a great shout um, for it. If it was to be moved, it's been held there before. As well, I remember, I think, was it Real Madrid beat Juventus there, I think, didn't they, in, a few years back at, in, in Cardiff? So, yeah, it's, um, as Dan said, I think it would be incredibly reckless if they did hold it uh, in Istanbul, considering what the situation is out there at the moment. Um, it's just whether they've got the time to try and logistically sort it out, which is just going to be an absolute nightmare yeah. for them to get sorted. But if they've got... if I, I, think, I think if they've got a chance to move it, I think, I think they should. And that's not me just trying to tell them to bring it to, to England or whatever. I just think it's it's too dangerous for them at the moment uh, to play it out there, not just for fans. They were supposed to be having uh, 4,000 fans, I think, from each each club going to 8,000, but um, just for, and for the players as well and all the officials connected with the... There's quite a big team that would be taken out there. I, I think that, that, Sam, could be the clincher of the fact that this is going to affect the players and, and in that context, you know, that UEFA don't tend to listen to the fans, but when it involves the players, they might listen. Let's hope so. We've got to wrap this part up because we've got David uh, Walker from uh, better red than red waiting in the wings but uh, Sam always a delight to see you no doubt we'll see you very very soon thank you very much for having me on lads uh, always a pleasure great stuff thank right we, we will be back in a minute as I said and we're going to be talking to David Walker from better red than red about the uh, would you believe uh, Chelsea versus Man City or Man City versus Chelsea as I should say tomorrow evening we will be back in a minute der einzige Markt für das, was jetzt und in der Zukunft wertvoll ist. Die neuesten Sneakers, Kleidung, Elektronik, Sammlerstücke und vieles mehr. Alles hundertprozentig geprüft und authentisch. Mit StockX hast du Zugang zu Millionen von Produkten, die ausverkauft oder schwer zu finden sind. Und alle für den Preis, den sie wirklich wert sind. Denn wir alle sollten das kriegen, was wir gerne haben möchten. StockX – Zugang zu aktuellen Trends. Finde, was du brauchst auf StockX.com. Jetzt bei KFC. 34 Tage, 34 Angebote. Sicher dir jetzt legendäre Rabatte zu EM. Nur in der App und auf KFC.de. KFC. Legendär lecker. Real Fans, Real Opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters, 
and proper chels. Right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, I've got the wonderful uh, Jonathan Kidd. Great to be on the show. Thank and you. Uh, the delightful Dan Silver. Hello, good evening. And uh, now it is time for this. The Opposition View. That's right. We've got the wonderful uh, Opposition View uh, with... Uh, a chap who I, I jokingly said not a few weeks ago before the FA Cup semi-final, wouldn't it be funny, David, I said, <laughs> if we were to get you back on the show not just once this season because we've got a league game coming up, but uh, maybe we'll get you back for the preview show for the Champions League final. And would you, Adam and Eve it, but it's all blooming well happened. And uh, I'm delighted to say we've got David Walker from Red But Never Red with us once again. David, how are you? You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? <laughs> well, we did joke about it, mate. But you know what? It's it's kind of strange because we had this lovely lad uh, called Ben, um, who, who's a Sheffield United fan, and we got him on the show for the league match. And I said, "You never know, Ben. We might get you back for the. F- we might meet in the FA Cup. You never know." And lo and behold, we met him in the FA Cup. So, you know, these strange things happen. But I mean. You know, how do you feel about uh, we've now got this trilogy of games against you? You've now got a trilogy of appearances on the Chelsea fancast as well. How, how are you feeling about all of this? <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what about the fancast? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's uh, it's great. I mean, it's it's a certain irony that we've got royal blue and sky blue, and yet it's a red list that's buggered us all up for going to Istanbul. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know if you heard a little bit of what we were talking about earlier with Sam, and uh, he he seems quite, quite. I mean, he I know he's been. I could, I don't think he could say, which is why he didn't say on air. But um, and I won't I won't stitch him up now. But I know he's been having meetings with the powers that be, and he strongly thinks that because uh, Istanbul is on the red list or Turkey's on the red list, and because this will affect the players in terms of quarantining them just before the European Championships, that this might actually well get moved out of Istanbul. Obviously, we don't know where it might be moved to or whether it would be conveniently located in England, but there's a good chance that the, that the idea of having it in Istanbul will be scotched, which, in my opinion, is a bloody good idea. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, we've had COVID. You know, it's still omnipresent. It's certainly uh, prevalent in Turkey in a big way. It's absolutely nonsensical to hold it there. Um, it would be utopia to have it in the UK, I know they've ruled out Villa because it's not a Category yeah. 5 ground. It yeah. doesn't meet the criteria. And I know that you've got Wembley booked for yeah. playoffs, etc. But, and it's not coming the big I am with, you know, City and Chelsea, but if you can host the Champions League final at Wembley, surely there's a bit of latitude to move some of the playoff elements to another date, either a midweek date or even the following weekend. I don't know, but it's not like you're going to be playing to a packed house in any event so logistically is it really that difficult yeah. to jiggle the figures to to accommodate Chelsea and City at Wembley yeah. I, I certainly don't think so and I actually think they, they could hold it at the Millennium Stadium or the Principality Stadium as they now call it in Cardiff that, that would suit yeah. that would suit both of us quite well because it would be kind of equidistant and neutral which is not a bad thing I mean look how how, how do you feel uh, I mean because you know we, we talked about this you know I don't know we must have had an inkling at the time but you know that City have got a, a, an interesting relationship with the Champions League, or the fans have got an interesting relationship with the Champions League mm. and UEFA. You've you've now made your first Champions League final. How how are you and the supporters thinking about that? 
from a personal level, we always prioritise the Premier League every season. Um, and that is that is truthful. You know, we always want the Premier League before the Champions League. Um, but I think the irony was that having had this love-hate relationship with UEFA for so many years, there is a genuine feeling of jubilation and elation at actually, you know, finally having got to a final. Um, but that said, it will count for nothing if we don't win the thing. And that's not being disrespectful to Chelsea. We know we've got a, a hell of a task on our hands to beat you guys um, in a perverse way. And I know we, you know, we all rub along very nicely. We would have preferred Real Madrid for two principal reasons. One, I think there'd be a downside easy to beat than Chelsea. <laughs> and two, if we had a Spanish team in the final, we couldn't have a certain, uh, what's called La Hoz, the Spanish referee, and he's an absolute nightmare for us. He's a Spanish nationalist, which really sits well when he's got Pep Guardiola as a, a big advocate of Catalan independence on the uh, Manchester City bench. And he would have been an absolute nightmare for us. So uh, we are where we are. And it's going to be, it'd be a very tough task in Istanbul um, or wherever. Um, I think we can edge it because we'll have our full first 11 out. Uh, but very, very tough task. And obviously... Uh, Tuchel has hit the ground running in more ways than one and he will be tactically astute and it'll be a real real uh, sort of uh, game of chess between him and Pep as to who, who whose team is victorious. Mm, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I think, you know, I've been saying this for a while actually. I, 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 can, I mean, a lot of people have been talking, you know, amongst the Chelsea supporters about the parallels with 2012 and, and there's a lot to be said for that in terms of how we've got there. But I, I actually think that there are more parallels of 2008 and, you know, it, it's it's going to be played in a stupid place we can't get to. Uh, it's against a bloody Manchester side, which is really kind of, you know, what we don't want. I mean, I wanted PSG, to be honest, I think because I don't yeah. think they're as good as City. And I don't I don't like it when we have to play an English club. I mean, I really don't, you know, but I think I think I, th- I have a suspicion. And of course, we don't know. And we'll talk to, to you about this on the 28th, obviously. But I have a position that. If, if there is a parallel to 2008, we're kind of more in the Man United role and you're in the Chelsea role because, of course, that was the year we finally got there and we should have got there many times before. United have been there and done it and, and of course, they've mugged us off. So, you know, there are, there are parallels there, I think. Yeah, the only thing that you said there about two Manchester clubs, you have to bear in mind that you've got Stretford Rangers in the Borough of Trafford <laughs> and you've got Manchester City in the city of Manchester. So just a small in, aside. In Droylston, let's get it right. <laughs> yeah, and very glamorous it is too. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do it now because we'll have you on for hours if I do. And the boys have heard the story before. But when we we won a we won a we won our first uh, uh, football blogging awards, and we happened to know a few lads who who were big Drawsden FC fans who became great mates for various reasons. And we didn't like the after party that we had been invited to, uh, and we wanted to celebrate our victory and more. Uh, salubrious circumstances so we basically got hijacked by these two Droylston lads and taken to their 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 pub and uh, it was quite an experience put it that way and not not one that I will forget but a very suitable way to to celebrate winning an award anyway I digress we need to talk about uh, tomorrow really and uh, there's a chance that there might be a, a hangover for both teams as a result of their Champions League efforts this week would you agree with that it's obviously a possibility but neither side can afford to um Obviously, we know that a win tomorrow is the Premier League for us. And obviously, you guys, if you were to lose to us, you've got West Ham breathing down your necks. You've got Tottenham. Obviously, if you win the Champions League, God forbid, 
you've got your automatic passage to next year's uh, tournament. But I, I think both teams will be going for it with their strongest 11. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same two lineups that played against PSG and against um, Real Madrid. But unlike the FA Cup semi-final, and you will have noticed on Twitter, I was very quick to congratulate you guys. You were worthy winners. But we had a bit of a mix and match team there. Maybe you did as well to some degree. But as soon as I saw the lineups for the semi-final, I thought, yeah. this is not going to end well for Manchester City. Whereas tomorrow, Pep will want to get the title won as soon as possible. So then he can plan for the Champions League final and do a little bit of rotation. Whereas you guys obviously got to keep your feet put on the accelerator to uh, finish top three, top four. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a bit pissed off with, I mean, much as I applauded the Man United fans for what they did before the Liverpool game, in some respects, uh, I was a bit pissed off because I, I realised immediately that that meant that their match with, with Liverpool would be moved, which means that the title wouldn't have been done and dusted that weekend, which means that you were still up for it right now. And of course, I have a suspicion, as you're saying, you you will be. Dan, you looked as though you are about to pop in there. Yeah, just to say, does does he think that the City players might take their foot off the gas a little bit, knowing they've got three or four games in, in the tank to win it? Or do you think they're going to go straight for it and then... Because there, there might be a sort of mindset that, oh, well, this is as good as done and not play 100%. I don't think so. I, I don't think it's in Pep's um, thought processes at all. He wins it tomorrow, he wins it. Then we've got three games where we, as I say, the Champions League then becomes the priority. And you can get away with with respect to Newcastle, Brighton and Everton with a bit more of a mix and match setup and get the yeah. requisite points anyway. But no, I think we'll be going for it tomorrow with what he perceives to be the strongest team. Um, as I say, it doesn't have to necessarily be the team that played PSG because tactically you might go for something entirely different. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we'll be going for it and it will be a much stronger team than uh, we put out when doing the FA Cup yeah. semi-final. You don't think he'll do one of his overthinking teams and end up with, you know, not the result he wanted? He... Um, I think hopefully those days have gone as this Champions yeah. League campaign thus far has shown us. Um, we've obviously had the false nine going for most of the season. That started by, not out of choice, I don't think. It was, a you know, a lack of Aguero, a lack of Jesus. Mm. Uh, we adapted to it so well. Um, yeah. But with Aguero's last hurrah on the horizon... And he scored a you know great goal against Crystal Palace. Who knows? You know, it does give him the option if he wants to play a more conventional centre forward. Albeit when Aguero played against Palace, he did almost play in a false number nine role, even yeah. though he's obviously an established striker. Is it does does um, uh, Pep react to previous games? Um, in other words, would he look at the, the the loss in the semi final and see the way that Tuchel was playing and think right, he'll try and set up like that. I'll choose players accordingly, or does he just um, think uh, I'm going to choose my best side and, and will play and not uh, not react to the opposition at all? Because I get the impression that Tuchel um, analyses the opposition hugely and then selects accordingly. I think Pep must do the same. Obviously, you know he is a footballing genius, and yeah, if yeah. I could if I could be in the inner workings of Pep Guardiola's mind, it would be. Uh, a great compliment to me. Um, I think this season he is probably more adept at imposing Manchester City on the opposition. Yeah, that's because what I you know, as we've said before, you looked at Leon in the quarterfinal. You look at our litany of exits from the Champions League in the past three or four seasons. 
there has been this tendency to overthink it and think, right, let's nullify certain elements of the opposition rather than um, working on our uh, advantage, you know, ex going with what we're best at rather than, okay, well, we'll compromise there a little bit to offset that. Honestly, obviously, I don't know what Pep's thinking, but I think he will go to work on our strengths rather than seek to um, nullify what he perceives as Chelsea's strengths. Because I wouldn't be surprised to see Tuchel choose a, a different side from during the week that, that de tries to deal with certain aspects of, um, of City's strengths, because that seems to be the way he plays. He seems to be quite... Uh, rather than just choosing the same side. And we, we, we fail to predict the, the team each week because he, <laughs> he finds it all different. He, he, not, not, not about squad rotation. He just seems to think well, they work more effectively. I mean, yeah. the, the interesting thing about that, which David may not know, is that I think we're, we are fairly clear on what our best 11 is, right? Yeah. But actually what happens is we invariably get it wrong because Tuchel bungs in a couple of uh, red herrings in there, doesn't he? And, and, and actually, invariably, it works perfectly, which explains thoroughly why he gets paid millions to manage Chelsea Football Club <laughs> and we don't, you know. But it, but it is quite interesting, David. You know, Tuchel, actually, like Guardiola, is not averse to chopping and changing and, and playing horses for courses and trying to figure the opposition out. So there's a chance it's going to be be pretty tight tomorrow. I mean, I've just I've had a look at all the kind of recent matches, and we've got a horrible recent record at the Etihad. I mean, we've won uh, once, I think. We won in 2016 when we beat you 3 1 with the, with the you know, when we basically parked the bus and hit you on the break with William. Just, just after De Bruyne had hit the bar, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, we got lucky basically, but you know, it was a good win. I mean, the thumping we got from you 6 0 will linger long in the memory for all the wrong reasons, but. Um, other than that, they've been fairly close. You know, 2-1, 1-0. OK, there was a 3-0 back in 2015. But it's not a happy stamping ground for us recently, so I would imagine you're fairly confident. Well, yes and no. I mean, obviously, the absence of crowds, you know, you don't really have any home advantage in that respect. Um, I was a big fan of Frank Lampard, but obviously Tuchel's come in. He's got more out of that set of players because he hasn't, you know, done anything in the transfer market as far as I know. Um, he's a very astute tactician. It will be a very tough game. It'll be a close game. I don't think it will have any bearing, strangely enough, on the Champions League final. I agree. Um, you know, I think it's a totally different ball game. What, what about psychologically? I mean, sorry to butt in. I mean, psychologically, if you, if you win and you win well tomorrow, do you, do you think that will, will make a difference going into the Champions League final? Because, you know, that, that, it can't do any harm, surely. No, it can't do any harm. But as I say, I really don't think it has a bearing either way. I think it's... I think it's more of a psychological advantage for Chelsea. If you actually beat City at the Etihad, having knocked us out the FA Cup semi-final, um, and Pep having put out what I believe will be a much stronger team tomorrow, I think that is where any psychological damage can be inflicted rather than what we might do to Chelsea if we were to win. I think, you know, I think there'd be a certain pragmatism. OK, well, City are the champions. You know, there's this, whatever the points deficit, the difference is. Um as I say, no real bearing on the Champions League. And I, I anticipate a, t uh, a tight game. It could even be a draw, which, you know, won't mm. hurt either of us, really, because it will just about put us over the mm. threshold to win the title anyway. Um, and it would maintain your advantage, I believe, over yeah. West Ham. And, I mean, from Chelsea's perspective, are you hoping to chase Leicester down? Because there's not much in it above you as, as there is behind you, is there? 
I think Leicester will implode anyway, actually, I think, yeah. as they did last season. I guess they're playing now, so a lot depends on how they get on tonight. But what I was just going to my point was, I think Tuchel pretty much intimated off the Madrid match that it's three weeks away and there could be injuries, loss of form, all sorts. So this this weekend's game is very much standalone and it will have no bearing on, on the City. You know, listen, we could go, we get the Etihad a win tomorrow and there could be a, a fluke, a fluke home goal in the Champions League final, we could lose. There could be a a dodgy penalty, whatever. So they're all very separate games. I think Tuchel's getting very much focused on the next game. He won't be looking that far ahead, I don't think. Just, you know, come away with at least a point from a decent result for us, I think, given how... Yeah, it's how, not, how it's good. not a disaster for either team, is it? A draw? No. It would not be... A, it would be fine, basically. In that given, you, given United have got four games before you kick a ball again, they, it's unlike they're going to get maximum points in any of those games. So you could be champions without playing them. Mm. I mean, yeah, club, I, would... sorry, go on, David. Sorry. No, no, after you. No, no, go on, you, you first. I was just going to say, we don't care if we're kicking a ball to win the title or we're all set, you know, or if yeah. we're doing it in the stadium. I mean, as Pep said, it's as long as you've got one more point or, you know, goal difference above the, the team in second place at the end of 38 games, job done. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, you know, frankly, I think you are, are home and hosed, but... Uh, tomorrow is another day as they say i mean ha- i mean i know you you, you seem to be well it, it, i i totally agree with you actually i think it is it is quite a difficult i mean it's kind of bizarre isn't it actually how often this happens i mean this used to happen with us with liverpool a lot and and, and i've seen it happen so many times in, you know when you're in the final of a cup you inevitably end up playing this i mean you know we're doing that with leicester we've got leicester you know mm-hmm. uh, a few days after we meet them in the cup and it always seems to happen and it is a rather bizarre a bizarre thing and you're right it kind of doesn't have a bearing but it does have a bearing and I'm I'm kind of with you I, I think this has got draw written all over it myself but how do you think it's going to go? I think City might just edge it uh, again close there's not going to be any 3-4 nils this time around no way because Tuchel just doesn't set up that way I mean you are so defensively resilient um, as are we um, this is the this is the strange thing you've got these two top teams yeah and it's almost, you know, we're not we're not goal shy either of us, but it's the defences which have um, have come to the fore more than anything. Um, but I think I think a narrow city victory again, it will be largely dependent on the eleven that Pep puts out. But as I say, I don't think he'll be going for a heavy mix and match. There might be two or three changes, but nothing as dramatic as we saw at Wembley. Mm, interesting stuff. All right. Well, we will see, won't we, tomorrow? Uh, now. Um... We will very much look forward to having you back on the show on Friday the twenty eighth, which will be quite special, I think. Um, and I, I don't, I don't mean this in a patronising sense at all, but you know, you, there is nothing like a Champions League final, and uh, the league will be done and dusted by then. We'd all have had a week off, and that will be the main focus. So I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing you on the on the twenty eighth, David. Well, I'm hoping. Thank you very much. It's delightful for you to, to ask me onto the show. I'm hoping we'll be doing an anticipation of actually having a chance of attending the game the next day. Well, indeed. Depending on where it is in the world. Well, not if it's in Istanbul, that's for absolute sure. But if it if it is somewhere sensible, uh, I mean, my vote would be either Cardiff or Tottenham, uh, if it is there. And, and if we can get a ticket, because of course, I think wherever they have it, David, it's going to be reduced capacity. And as we're finding out with the FA Cup, and uh, we've now got a home... I think they're letting us in for the home game for Leicester, and I suspect you've got a, a home game too where they'll they'll let you lot in. Yeah, it, it's re- very very reduced ticket allocation, so it's it's quite hard to get tickets. 
uh, which, you know, is a shame. So not all of us will make it. But I very much hope that some of us at least manage to make it there because it is really special. And I hope you do too. So there you go. Thanks. Thank you very much indeed. Great stuff. We will see you on the 28th. I look forward to that. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers, David. Well done. Brilliant. There Thank we go. Thank you, gentlemen. The, uh, the absolutely lovely uh, David Walker from what podcast, JK? Uh, better read than dead. No, JK. No, 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 and thrice no. Try again. Uh, um, on me head red. <laughs> You're incorrigible. Red but never read. Honestly. Red but never read, which is really intellectual. No, it's not. It's better dead than red. You're both very, very bad. All right, right, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be telling you what we think is going to happen tomorrow. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with the <laughs> Mr. Jonathan King. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you. Well done. And Dan Silver. Hello. Always Hello. great to see Danny Boy on the show. We've got Dan coming up again soon, actually. I think I looked at, had a quick sneaky peek at the schedule recently. The last schedule. And actually, just to show you how clever I really am, I had actually scheduled, a, uh, a, a as bizarrely as it may happen, uh, a non-Monday, uh, because it's Bank Holiday Monday, the, the, the weekend of the, of the uh, Champions League final. And I have actually, I had already scheduled a podcast for June the 1st. So there you go. I knew, I knew all along that we would be in the Champions League final. Another word to describe you, Chin? Well, I can think of many, but go on. Yes, I know. I, I, I set you up with that, actually. Yes. Prescient. Prescient. Yes, indeed. Omnip- <laughs> omniprescient, even. Oh, Chin. <laughs> anyway, we... he's, he's, a, he's a great left back. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we should get on with the show. It's our turn now. We have the lovely David Walker from uh, uh, whatever the bloody name of his podcast was, Red But Never Red. He got me at it again. Um, the thing is, chaps, um, we're all euphoric about being in the Champions League final because I, I have to say, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, because I grew up in the 70s when Liverpool, Forest, Villa, every bugger was winning the Champions League and we were loitering around the second division and and I never, I mean, I, I mean, Dan and J- Jacob will both echo these sentiments. I'm sure. In those days, we never even thought we'd make a an FA Cup final again, let alone, you know, winning it, let alone winning a European uh, Cup Winners' Cup, let alone winning the league, let alone getting anywhere near Europe or a European Cup. And if, for me, of all the things that I'm into into at Chelsea, getting into Champions League finals and winning them gives me the biggest horn. There is no doubt about that. However, chaps. We have to forget that. We have to park that. Because tomorrow against City uh, is a really, really, really important game, isn't it, Dan? We need those three points. Oh, yeah, I mean, arguably it's the most important game of the season because, you know, West Ham have got all their key players back. Leicester playing tonight. We've got Spurs on our shoulders, you know, Liverpool on our shoulders. We really need to get something because if we win, I think we go and win City tomorrow or get a point, I think that'll be enough to see us through because I think we're... Sure enough to be Arsenal, who were absolutely abysmal last night. And I think we'll be fine. But this this is more important now. And I think Tuchel's going to very much say to guys, listen, we can't run out of the Champions League to get back into, into the Champions League. We need to get out there 
and put equally good performance as we did on Wednesday. So it is one of the most important matches of the season for us. It is indeed. I mean, you know, as we were saying a minute ago, I have suspicions it might be a draw, JK, but I mean, a win would be huge in terms of the Premier League. And actually, that coupled with Everton doing us a favour at West Ham, which they're capable of doing, you know, because that is West Ham's hardest match out of their next four. That's their banana skin, if you see what I mean. And, you know, we're three points ahead of them and we've got a month, we effectively got a point advantage with that goal difference. You know, so if we lose tomorrow and they lose and then we all win our next three, we'll still be fourth because they, you know, they will be so far behind on goal difference. But nevertheless, it's it's really huge. We need to win this match tomorrow, don't we, really? We mustn't underestimate how excellently we've, we're playing. We've got better and better and better. And... Um, I mean, I, I watched the semi-final and felt that they were they were hindered, City, by him making those eight changes. And when he brought Foden and Gunjagon on, um, they were both um, terrific. And I felt we were under the cosh for the last few minutes as a consequence. And I think that may be uh, something that Tuchel attempts to deal with, that um, uh, some of his players that didn't play that day are exceptional. Um, but you have to remember that we are beginning to play similarly exceptionally. And uh, um, we could very well win tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I think like you, it will probably be a draw because I think both teams will nullify each other. But I'm, I, you mustn't underestimate this team and the way he's got them playing. We're, we're really becoming top banana. Really, well, really. If, if you want even more evidence of how clever I am, not that I'm begging for your respect or or anything at all. You're very clever. Dan but, and I think you're one of the cleverest people yeah. in the world. Okay, checks in the post, JK. But uh, if you recall, when I said, when we lost to West Brom, uh, that was our, uh, our unbeaten run of about 14 games that ended that day. And I said, if we get to the Champions League final and the FA Cup final, we will play a further 14 games this season. All yes. we have to do is to re- remain unbeaten in all of them and we do everything that we need to do. And lo and behold, since West Brom, we're, we've got one Porto, two Palace, three Porto, four City, five Brighton, six West Ham, seven Real Madrid, eight Fulham, nine uh, Real Madrid. So he's as good as his word so far. So that means nine with another six matches, unbeaten, will win the damn lot, Dan. Dan. Wouldn't that be lovely? I mean, incredible. I mean, it's been the most amazing season. You know, give, you know, bear in mind how upset we were in fact when in January, how how things have turned around in the interim. It, I said, I think we, we've got to focus on what we can do. We can't rely on West Ham or Spurs or Liverpool dropping points. And the good thing is, Everton will. Very good, I think they will. I think they will. Everton have got a great. Everton is shit at home. They've got a very good away yeah, record. Definitely. So, Richard, sorry, we did in fact lose to Porto in the second game. Yeah, we yeah, did. But, oh, really? Did we? Yeah, we lost one nil last minute. That overhead shinner. So from, we did. So we yeah. did. Well, as Mourinho used to say, that didn't count. Yeah, I, I, so I think this, this, we won the game. Absolutely. Yeah, good. the way um, Tuchel talks about stuff and the way he's got the team focusing, like, he won't accept a mediocre performance. He he will want to win. He, he, you know, he won't he won't suck for draw. All the stuff I read on social media about how he talks and how he's trying to change the mentality, he will want to win. Yeah. And I, I think he's he's got. Um, Guardiola's corner. I don't think he's ever lost. Well, I won't say that he hasn't lost a pet in in um, football, has he? I don't think. Even at Dortmund in Germany, I think he's got unbeaten record against Pep. 
Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, as he has against many of these other managers as yeah. we were saying earlier on. I mean, JK, you know, kind of picking up from what David was saying, you know, how important do you think this match is tomorrow in the context of the Champions League final? I mean, if, if we win, do we get an edge? If they win, do they get an edge? You know, does it is it going to have any bearing on it? Is it going to make any difference psychologically? What do you think? I get the impression that Tuchel learns from teams every time he plays against them. And I think that... Um, uh, it might be that he he ends up becoming more knowledgeable and would know how to play against City in the final. But finals, I think he said it himself. They're they're so one off. All it needs is a uh, a sending off or a freak goal or a um, um, a piece of or, or a worldie from somebody, and that everything changes. So, uh, um, but the way he's got the team set up, um, I, I I think he's doing everything wonderfully. I just I fear though that. The one, the one area of um, uh, ineptitude is too strong a word, but the one area of worry is still our inability to put the ball in the net, mm-hmm. creating so many chances because um, it, it could just bite us. What, uh, and we just we need to get to a situation somehow. He needs to create the word he always uses: more precision in the penalty area. The fact that they keep having. Um, I know they're dealing with top goalkeepers the further they get in the in the championship Champions League, but the fact that the players either blast over or keep hitting the the goalkeeper or a defender is something I'm sure that he's working on at the moment because uh, that has been the major major area of um, of of not putting a game away, putting a game to bed, which we've been so capable of doing. We've been so good. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, out of all the chances we missed. Um... I mean, you know, it's quite interesting, wasn't it, listening to... I mean, I, I like Glenn Hoddle a lot. I've got a lot of time for Glenn Hoddle. McManaman, not so much. But uh, Hoddle I do like. And uh, but they were they were really obsessing about the fact that we, you know, all of those, you know, efforts that we missed, they should have dinked it over the keeper, which is not necessarily easy to do. But the one that I was most disappointed with, really, I think, was, was actually Havertz's uh, miss. Because what I've seen from Havertz recently is that actually he's a very good finisher because he's yeah. got all that technical ability, you know, and the goals that he scored, the way he puts them away, he puts them away like a real quality striker, actually. Fast stuff, isn't it, Chief? Yeah. Really and I, and, I, and I mean, actually, if you, I mean, to make the comparison, look at, look at Werner, look at Pulisic, look at Mount, look at Havertz. Havertz looks the best finisher amongst all of them. Pulisic and Mount tend to wallop it, basically. Werner just tends to miss because he's got the touch of a donkey half the time. But Havertz, he looks like a, a clinical finisher. And I was really disappointed that he hit it straight at Courtois. I thought Kante's was well defended. Mount, I mean, you know, he wasn't far away. But, I mean, he, he you know, he should have scored that goal. He shouldn't have walloped that over the over the bar. Um, you know, but Havertz was the one that upset me a bit because I think this this guy, Dan, he's a good finisher. Yeah, I mean, he knows where the goal is. He just, you know, I think next season is going to be super exciting for everyone. Uh, we've come into football at the right time. I think, yeah, roll on next season. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. look, you know, do you think there'll be a bit of a hangover, JK, from from uh, Wednesday? I mean, the City are in the same boat, although they've had a. I, I, I don't think he does hangovers, Tuchel. I think he. He does. Um... He's not a drinker, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've, in, in the metaphor that we. I think he using... likes a gin. I think if any, I don't think any of them will be pissed, and, and metaphorically, um, uh, or I mean, will be suffering from the consequences of the uh, the joys of winning the um, the the semi final. Um, and I and I think he's got them so drilled 
which is uh, all learning the song. I think they've almost learned the song that he suggested at the very beginning. Is it one of yours? And I'd love it to have been because the, the royalties would have been phenomenal. But unfortunately, maybe no, it's Blue it's, Day. Maybe he's I, teaching them to see, sing Blue Day with all the other bits, you know, in the side. I of was it. on that, you know. No, you were know you really, no, I didn't know yeah, that. No. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, I think you know it, it, it's a Kraftwerk song. If it is a song, do you know that? Um, it's it's full of um, of uh, German precision. But it's this precision that he's after. No, I, I as I keep saying, I, I, I think they've just got better and better and better. And um, I will be um, uh, disappointed if they lose tomorrow. I may be disappointed, obviously, but I think I would be unlikely they'll lose tomorrow because they are so well drilled. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, J.K. I, I will. I, well, I, I actually, I'm going to get the predictions in before we do the team in a in a way. But I, I think it's going to be very tight, and I think we'll lose by the. I think we'll lose. I think it'll be one nil. But I would take that all day long if it means we win in the Champions League final. I'll be honest with you. And I do think I do think that there are parallels to two thousand and eight. What I said to David, I think that we are the Man United role in in that in that comparison. We've been there, we've done it before. We know how to win a Champions League final. It's their first party, and uh, I could see us shit housing our way to a win over them in the CL. We're going to win on penalties, and um, Sterling's going to fall over and uh, and hit the post. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. You never know. But um, but tomorrow, Dan, I I do think it'll be tight. I wouldn't be surprised if if we lose. But I'm not that. I mean, I am. I hate losing. But I, as I said, I would take a loss tomorrow for a win in the Champions League final. But <coughs> before we get to that, um, who do you think he's going to pick, mate? Because it is a bit of a conundrum. This one, isn't it? Yeah. Jorginho's uh, uh, a bit leggy, I think. You know, Kante's been. You know, I mean, what a performance he put in. Aspie worked his bollocks off. Silver worked yeah. his bollocks off, and none of them are getting any younger. And 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 Kante's in, in Ramadan. Yeah. Um... Won't be surprised if Silver doesn't start. I wonder if Zuma might come in for him. Um, I think Reese James will come in at uh, right back. Wouldn't be a surprise to see Alonso come in at left back just for the height, maybe. Um, the thing in the midfield is we haven't got Kovacic, so we're kind of slightly hamstrung about who he can play in. He's not going to give, I doubt he'll give Billy Gilmore a shout for this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts with Canton and Jorginho. Um, and then uh, the, the front, Matt shooting start and then he, he might rotate and maybe he'll maybe maybe you know well I'm, I'm saying Tammy might start I've got this little feeling he might start Tammy mm. I think um, I think I think the, yeah. The, yeah I mean the the front is less you know it's much easier I think to to rotate the front than it is anywhere else I mean you're absolutely right I mean you know at the moment we've got four uh midfielders up for the double six role yeah. One of one of whom is out injured, two of whom are knackered and actually should be wrapped in cotton wool, and one who I don't think he really trusts. So the issue is the double six and who he plays there, and of course the centre backs because you know Silver is Silver and Aspie, you know I think could probably do with the rest. But I think up front it's it's not a problem at all. He can rotate any one of Havertz, Pulisic, Mount, Ziyech, Werner. That's five players for. Uh, three spots technically and he's still got Tammy and Giroud uh, in the back who I don't think he really wants to play if the truth were to be told. I still think he'll pick from between the five that I've just mentioned. I think Ziyech will start. I yeah, think just, I do. Just, he hasn't been playing. And maybe Pulisic. But then yeah. of course... Actually, he said that Callum. Callum might improve for start. Well, I think if James plays, he'll play, maybe you're right, he'll play as, as the the right of the centre-backs and yeah. Hudson Odoi will play as the right wing-back. Yeah. But I have a feeling also on that point that I don't think he really 
rates Callum in that position. And I, you know, he's played Aspie there. He's played Reese James there. If you think yeah. about it, Hudson and is third in the pecking order in that position. So it will be interesting, you know, and uh, I don't know about Alonso because, you know, City could absolutely kill Alonso with their pace. I don't think they will. I think I think he's worked out that he's great up front. That Shit the anybody, back. Yeah, and, the, and the, as we, at least that's one aspect I think we've got right over the over the last few years. I think he's but, more likely you know, to play Emerson there than Alonso. Yeah, you know? well, seriously. Would, I agree. I wouldn't surprise if Emerson gets a game. I'm not sure what position. But um, Chilwell was, has been terrific. Yeah. Absolutely. He's really Whether really stepped up, hasn't he? Absolutely stepped up. Yeah, it's great stuff, mate, isn't it? I mean, how bloody amazing. But I was thinking as well that when Chilwell left Leicester, he was promised by Frank, you know, that he'd be he'd be having um um you know, success with the team and he must have really been down in the dumps when um Tuchel came in and he found that Alonso was ahead of him and he's actually just worked his bollocks off and ended up being absolutely terrific and back in the first team again. So and in a Champions League final, which is what Frank Frank promised trophies, you know. So uh, or the prospect of trophies. So you know. And he also looks a really popular member of the squad. I think everyone yeah, seems to really yeah. like him. It, I think you see stuff on his Instagram. He's like winding up Kurt Zoom and trying to wake him up and stuff. So he looks like he's a really popular squad member as well. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, you know, considering where we were to where we are now, and this this overwhelming sense of happiness and all of these all of these players stepping up you know James uh, Chilwell Mount for example Christensen becoming a real good player Rudiger looking like the player that we hoped he would be it uh, you know Werner you know he's caught I mean I know he's not scoring goals but I tell you he's fundamental to the way that Tuchel wants to play and I think it's interesting that he's preferring Werner over Pulisic in that respect because the way that Werner pulls the defences apart, which leaves that room for Mountain Havertz. It's absolutely yeah. playing into the the, the the system that he wants to play, isn't it? Yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, I, I could have come in there, but you, 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 I was just agreeing with you. I nodded a lot. It, it was so rare for, for, for me to experience that, hence the pause. But you know. Yeah, yeah, but I was just thinking, I agree completely with Chid. Chid is absolutely right. I yeah. better not say anything. Oh, no, I ought to <laughs> But I mean, and again, without harping on about the Real Madrid game, it was just so good to see Havertz as well getting better. He's just getting them better and better and better, and it is joyful to see. However, uh, we need to really nail down what we we think about uh, tomorrow and how we see it going. I, I've kind of already popped my cork, as it were, Dan. I think it'll be. I do think it'll be tight. I think there will be a bit of a hangover from both of them. I think that they will make quite a lot of changes, both of them. Um, and I don't really know how it's going to go, but I have a suspicion that we might lose by the odd goal. But as I said, if that happens and we win the Champions League, I'd take it all day long. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, my, my feeling is, yes, there'll be changes. Yes, there might be a hangover. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. I don't think we'll lose. I think, you know, City have got you know enough enough credit in the bank to, to win the league. Um, they can afford to lose it. I, I think it'll be a one-all draw. I think we, we'll... We'll probably score early, and they'll probably get an equaliser, and it'll peter out to a one-one draw. I think it'll be quite low intensity, even though as normal teams are quite high intensity. It's been a very tough week for both of them mentally and physically. So I think we'll end up with a draw, which will be a decent result. Yeah, I mean, J.K. Dan's got a really good point there. You know, I agree completely. Uh, well, yeah, all I'm doing is all I'm doing is agreeing. Yeah, now. me too. You know how so agreeable we all are this evening. But are, I think it will be one-one as well. Yeah, but that that's, suits us. That's that suits us. That's what I don't agree with you. But I, I also. I wouldn't be surprised if he, he picks some 
as we've said, just people who don't haven't figured for a bit, just to see because uh, he wants to because because of the the tension, as you've said, of the week. So I I think Emerson might get a game, and I think um uh and I I don't but it's difficult, isn't it? I don't think he'd want to play Alonso because well, he'd be sticked up. But I think he'll play Zuma, and uh, and I think he'll play James, and I think he might um not have Aspie playing as a yeah, consequence. I, 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 that would be sensible in my book. But, yeah, you yeah. know, I think Christensen may well may well get a start in the middle. It'd be interesting to see whether he picks Rudiger. Uh, basically, on the Rudiger point, uh, you know, it, it has to be a Guinness moment all day long for, for next month. But Rudiger's run from uh, the box box to box where, where Werner failed to bloody pass a really simple pass to him. He ran like Forrest Gump. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a thing of beauty. I, I nearly fell off my sofa. I was laughing so much. It was brilliant. And I actually put up a little gif uh, on Twitter of, uh, I said Rudiger, but the Forrest Gump gif of him running like that. He really did. But I'd, it'd be interesting to see if he starts. I mean, I think, as I said, I said it a minute ago. I think for me, the conundrum is 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 the double six, you know, because he's going to have to pick one of Jorginho and Kante. Is um is Kovacic better? No, no, no. no. Possibly Wednesday, more likely Cup final. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. She's gonna. I think he's going to have to pick one of them. So I think also, it'll be who is the most knackered, Dan. Yeah, I also kind of think maybe partly thinks he's got one eye on Wednesday, thinking that it's it's a fairly insipid weak Arsenal team. And he might go for a stronger team um, tomorrow, and then maybe slight rotation with the cup final the following week. You know, ahead because Arsenal was so poor, so disappointing. I think you know if we were on eighty percent of our form, we should go to beat the accomplice. I wonder if he might be thinking this Saturday, next Saturday, booking ending the more important games for us, and put a slightly weaker team for Arsenal on Wednesday, seeing how bad they are. Well, that's a good point, Dan. I mean, this is this is this is. I mean, on paper, this is our. You know, I mean, we've got some tough matches. Let's be under no illusion here. But you know, this is this is without doubt the toughest. I mean, if we're going to rank them in order, I would say City one, Leicester two, Arsenal three, and Villa four. Or even Villa three, Arsenal four. Yeah, but they've got nothing to play for. No, but still, they're still still a decent team, Villa. I mean, yeah, Ars- Arsenal would. I mean, Arsenal would. I'd never see such a poor Arsenal side yesterday. No mention. You, you know they play like Brazil when they play us. Yeah, yeah. but they, that was under Frank. I think if we played them under Tuchel, we'd, we'd have got a result. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think actually the interesting thing is that now Arsenal are out of the Europa League and sitting in, I think it's eighth that they're in. Villa are in ninth, funnily enough, with a game in hand. But uh, they may actually now be so demoralised I think there's a very good likelihood that Arteta will go in the summer. They may just all, you know. Oh, Newcastle one up. Oh, fuck. seriously, I've predicted three-one yeah. in the Premier League predictions league. For whom? Like Newcastle one nil up. I said Leicester uh, three, Newcastle one. So still, still can happen. I predicted the opposite. You think Newcastle are going to win three-one? Yeah, yeah. I think I've told you. I think Leicester are going to implode. I kept keep saying that. Mate. I've said that every single. I've said that for the past three weeks. I just think they're not very good. They don't end the season well. So I've made a bit of a rick. Mind you, I only predicted that five to eight when Dan reminded me that there was a match tonight. Still maybe three one Chid, you may yeah. be. I know we may be. Okay, look, on that on that on that rather horrific note, we should wrap up. Uh I'm saying I'm gonna say so predictions. I'm gonna say uh, City are gonna win one nil. Dan? You're saying one one, JK? One, one. Yeah. One one. Well, we will see. Uh, I'm I'm kind of really trying to put one in the bank for the Champions League final. Really, that's that's my that's my game plan here. 
you know it's a good plan it's a good plan it's a good plan, it's a good plan. but we'll, we'll revisit that on the 28th of may i can't wait uh now uh talking about revisiting we will revisit you lot uh, on uh, Monday evening, when J.K. and I will be joined by, by the stellar cast of Clayton Beerman and Mark Worrell. So there Ooh. you go. Uh, the, the very Clayton Beerman who has fans that are angling for a spin-off show featuring Clayton Beerman. I, I hate to disappoint them, but it will actually also feature me. Uh, so you need to get the housewife's choice music, Judge. I will. If if we have a yeah, I've I've told him that if we do a goalkeepers podcast, it'll have to be called the goalkeepers' fear of the penalty in honour of Vim Vendors. Hey, yeah. So there you go. But anyway, Clayton will be on on Monday with me and JK, as will the lovely Marco Worrell. So there you go. Uh, And of course, we'll be looking back at the City match and of course, looking forward to Wednesday's match against Arsenal. Uh, So there you go. That's enough of us tonight. Uh, JK, always lovely to see you. Hugely enjoyable. Great guests as always. Mm, Enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I'm sure you will. Jolly good go. Yeah, and uh, Dan, always lovely to see you. It was really yeah. nice to see you last night at the, the trust meeting. Well done for your your brilliant work uh, in the uh, you know media capacity of the trust. You've been doing a fine job, mate. I have to say. No, perfect. Now, thank you very much. It's always good to burn the show back to my roots, as it were. There we go. There we go. Don't forget, forget, mate. We we are the ones that made you. All right. Just don't, know, don't forget that. Don't forget that. I know. But uh, I heard you. I heard you on Jim White's thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you came across really really well. I don't know if you listened to it. I did, yeah. That's just really nice things about me. I was like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, he did. I, 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 was yeah. says, I really like that lad, Dan, he said. He's I articul- really like him. He's articulate. I like that yeah. guy. I like that guy. Yeah. But anyway, good stuff. Well done, you. Uh, right, Mixler people. Lovely, uh, as always, to see so many of you in there. I have been reading your comments. It's a bit manic on a Friday, so I haven't had a chance to read many out. But Mondays are different, as you know. So anyway, uh, for you lot listening as a podcast, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. <laughs> Der einzige Markt für das, was jetzt und in der Zukunft wertvoll ist. Die neuesten Sneakers, Kleidung, Elektronik, Sammlerstücke und vieles mehr. Alles hundertprozentig geprüft und authentisch. Mit StockX hast du Zugang zu Millionen von Produkten, die ausverkauft oder schwer zu finden sind. Und alle für den Preis, den sie wirklich wert sind. Denn wir alle sollten das kriegen, was wir gerne haben möchten. StockX – Zugang zu aktuellen Trends. Finde, was du brauchst auf StockX.com.